Alex Bodoni is the director of engineering at Buildout. He was an engineering leader at Groupon for six years prior to his current post. Alan shares some awesome insights on making your engineering culture attractive from a recruiting perspective in a highly constrained hiring environment, especially when you're recruiting for talent on technologies that are no longer at the peak of their hype cycle. Two key areas, make sure your candidates have a great experience and make sure your interview process is highly focused on problems that are relevant to the work. Stick around for the details. Alan, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Say, tell us a little, a little about yourself. Tell us your story. Yeah, sure, Ledge. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. So, my story. Um, so, I am uh, currently director of engineering at Buildout, which is a small uh, startup in the commercial real estate space. Uh, they were looking for some help with managerial tasks. The CTO is. Uh, great developer and uh, a great technology guy and a great idea guy, but the management stuff he just didn't have enough time for. So that's what I jumped on board for was to help out with that. Um, they were originally hiring for a manager position, but uh, I sort of talked him into um, thinking about this at a, a larger scale of growing the team and growing the organization um, and also sort of growing our tech presence in Chicago. Um, so that's that's why the title is what it is. Before this, I was at Groupon for six and a half years, uh, almost four years of which we're doing uh, software engineering management. So that's sort of where I learned a lot about my trade. Uh, they did a great job with managerial training there, and you know, just working in a huge scaled environment with a ton of different engineers, and different teams um, was a really good starting experience for helping me to to grow my career. Fantastic. So off mic, you and I were talking about, you know, like, hey, it's a challenging hiring environment, you know, I mean, it's just like crazy demand for engineers, um, pretty much across, you know, every market in the US, even globally, in some instances. And, um, you know, we were we were talking about from a recruiting standpoint, you know, how do you make your company stand out for, you know, maybe people coming right out of school and internships and, you know, building that, that pipeline. And I thought you had some interesting insights to share about, you know, how do you make an engineering culture attractive in a way that, you know, kind of productizes the culture so you're not just another listing on a job board? Yeah, sure. Um, so one thing, so obviously, you know, we uh, in Chicago, we don't quite have the uh, tech culture that the, the Silicon Valley does um, and the West Coast does. You know, we don't have we still have the major presence from a lot of those big companies. Um, and I am also hiring against my former employer a lot of times. Um, plus we are a rail shop. We do some react, but we're primarily a rail shop. And that's also hiring on not the current, um, you know, tech wave. Like if you're looking for JavaScript engineers or if you're looking, you know, more for enterprise Java engineers, then, or even like C in Chicago because of the trading presence, you, you have a, a much larger candidate pool. Um, Rails, not so much. It's either people who haven't done it in a couple of years, um, or it's a very small pool of people who are still actively Rails developers. Um, you know, there's there's quality out there and there's good engineers, um, but it's all it's 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 um, it's definitely a way smaller pool than when I started, where you couldn't walk down the street without falling over a Rails engineer looking for a job. Um, you also you also have a lot of um, bootcamp grads who are Rails who learned Rails, which is great. I'm you know. A lot of times those candidates will really work out, but we do have to be careful because a lot of times uh, we want to make sure that they meet our, our bar. 
week two. Um, you know, that's definitely a major thing I want to avoid is bringing in someone or, or screening someone who just doesn't meet the bar at all because I want them to have a good experience and that's really hard to make a good experience. Um, so there's, there's a couple areas I, fo I focus on when doing this. Um, the first is um, making sure that from start to finish they have a great experience and I kind of touched on this a minute ago. But really what this means is um, from start to finish, we contact them quickly, the candidate quickly, we get them in the pipeline quickly, we address their concerns quickly. You know, we don't make them wait around for an answer. They don't have, you know, a, an eight part interview that takes six weeks. Um, a lot of what I read from other companies, um, especially larger companies, they just have a long turnaround time. So being able to get even like, hey, I have an offer that expires in two days. Can you get, can we, can we meet up as quickly as possible? You know, we accommodate that as much as we can. Um, because that's a way more pleasant experience. If you're waiting around, you know, I've had, I've had friends who have talked about this. It's just not, it's just miserable. Um, because you don't know where you stand. You don't know what's going on. You haven't gotten an answer yet. You know, you're, you're emailing people and you're not hearing anything back. We definitely don't want that. Um, and that's something we're working at and getting better at. But I think we're already pretty good. Like we've already heard from people that, you know, our, our uh, experience is good. And we're also starting to get a little bit of local buzz around like, hey, I've heard that you guys really are good at your interview process. Um, so, you know, that's a major thing. The other thing is making sure that our interviews are targeted enough to where we're testing for multiple areas of expertise. Um, you know, uh, we don't do brain teasers. We don't do fizz buzz. We don't do... Um, you know, things that try to make the interview interviewer feel smart, right? We do things that are actually novel problems, but they're, rel they're related to what we do. Um, so we heavily test for problem solving. We heavily test for, um, you know, uh, just wanting to get their tasks done, a candidate has done. You know, we test for common design pattern type stuff, like things that you're going to use in the job. Um, and it's, it's, it's also um, in, it, interesting that you mentioned earlier that college recruiting is tough, and it is. Um, but one thing that our CTO came up with that we is um, we went to the bank and we got $2,000 in singles, which um, that's a lot harder than you'd expect. That's a really strange request. Um, the teller was actually like really ashamed because she's like, I'm sorry, we don't have 2000 singles. So we had to go to another bank to finish it off. Uh, but what we did is we, we tied those with a little build out logo, um, like a little band, build out band. And we put them in a huge sack. And when we went to college career fairs, you know, for candidates that were, um, looking for like the premium swag, like the really interesting, good candidates that we talked to, we handed them a step. And I'd say probably 25% of candidates were like, no, I'm not taking this. This is, you know, I'm not, sh should I take this? Like, is this legal? Um, but the rest of them were pretty happy with it. And we actually got a pretty nice response. We were next to Foxconn at one of these, con one of these um, meetups. And we were actually competing with them for a line for a little bit uh, because people heard about this. And also, amazingly, we were not kicked out. <laughs> so you just gave them a stack of cash. How much, how much per candidate? $10 per candidate. So if $10. I'm is like a piece of swag, 
Yeah. But I think it's more memorable than, you know, a t-shirt or a water bottle or something. That'll, gonna, that'll certainly get your name out there. That's one yeah. way to do it. <laughs> that's yeah. funny. Yeah. So, I mean, that's our interview process. And then obviously once somebody starts here, we want to make sure that it continues, that they have a growth path and they feel empowered to do their job and that we're inclusive um, and that we're considerate and that we're not, we're telling them the truth, you know, all the normal things you want in a job so that, you know, our, our recruiting pipeline really, cause you're still recruiting your developers when they're working here. Like you're always in a sort of a recruiting phase um, is, is always good so that we get good recommendations. We have good glass door reviews. Um, people know us in the community and, and, and we sort of drive our brand, our employer brand um, passively just by having a, a really respected presence. How do you balance the idea of like, you know, I got to grow fast, you know, growth that, you know, kind of not all costs, but you know, it's important, right? You know, like that's, that's the most kind of important thing to do. You know, as a company, we have that growth mandate and then along the lines of, Hey, I have to maintain a great culture. You know, it's, it's easy when you have, you know, four people that you know real well, uh, not as easy when you have 30 or hundred or, you know, 200, 500, you know, it, it starts to get diluted there. What kind of thinking have you guys done on the leadership team from that angle? Yeah. So one of the main things that I try to do is hire top down experience wise. So I try to hire senior developers um, and lead developers and architects before I start filling in the, the junior positions. Um, so we're trying to scale our team right now, not quite to that hundred developer level, but we are trying to scale it up. Um, we're at 12 developers now and we're trying to, to at least double that if not more. Um, and the way that we're doing that, um, like I said, is I've hired, three seniors so far, or no, two seniors so far. Um, and that allows me to have the freedom to start filling in the, um, the mid-level and the junior positions. Because what I try to make sure is that everyone has someone who is experienced and knows how to handle their responsibilities and knows good work patterns and knows good development patterns and, you know, has answers for the questions that they have. Like, obviously, I'm here for that as well, but I can't you know, pair with any, with everybody. And the last thing that I want to do, and I think that the so chance to ask a question to, that's what I want to do. Um, and then there's also concerns around how to scale a team. So, uh, you know, we're, we're in the process of splitting off into smaller teams at this point um, that are domain owners instead of just having like one big monolithic engineering team. Um, and then just making sure that those teams have leaders who are responsible and thoughtful and make good managers, even if they're not directly a manager title, um, is also really important to me. So that's definitely something I look for in like my senior engineer candidates. And I saw my connection wasn't stable there, so I just want to make sure everything's okay. Did you, can you hear uh, me? Yeah, the beginning of the answer got jumbled a little bit, but we got got some good stuff after that. So I think we're okay. You want to repeat? Good. Are we okay? What was the very beginning of that? Uh, the very beginning was hiring top down so that right. staff are more senior positions first, so that we have we establish a good culture of learning mm -hmm. and a good culture of competency and a good culture of um, hey. I have a problem and I'm blocked. Can I ask you a question and getting an answer? Yeah, that's great. That's great. Cool. So how do you, um, how do you come down on, uh, you know, obviously we're in the business of 
you know, very senior engineers and, and also, you know, fully remote, you know, so I wonder like, how do you guys deal with, you know, remote versus on site? And then the second part of the question I like to ask everybody is, you know, just what, what is, what makes the best senior engineer? You know, what are the heuristics that you use to determine that? Right. Sure. So your first question, how do we deal with remote employees? So um, example wise, I have two right now. One is uh, a developer who worked here for a year and a half before he moved away. Um, and he was able, normally we weren't um, looking at remote candidates too often, but he just had such a sustained pattern of excellence. We knew that if he was working remote, there'd be no problem. And that's, I mean, that's definitely held true. Um, we bring him in once a month to, for a team outing and just to, to sync up with everybody, just so he still has that personal touch. Um, we also have a robot in the office, uh, which allows you to dial in and, and control it. Um, just move around the office. So if, if you just want to like go over to someone's desk and say, hey, and ask them a question, you can do that. And just about everybody in the company has access to that robot. My hope is one day we're all remote. We just have a hundred robots and the office is just people walking or, or, or not walking, riding around with the robots. And maybe we set up some obstacle courses for races, you know, get a little betting going on. Um, <laughs> that's, that sounds like a very engineering culture. So absolutely. Yes, 100%. <laughs> um, <laughs> the second, uh, the second uh, employee is a contractor who we hired um, from outside the company. He's in Canada. Um, he doesn't come in as often, but we try to get him in every quarter. And he was just here for a Halloween party. And that was the first time he met everybody. Um, and we have, you know, we had a Halloween party with a live band karaoke comprised of people who work in the company, you know, everybody was there and he, he really loved it. Like he got a chance to meet us all face to face in a more relaxed environment, um, get to really know us. And like, he was, uh, we spoke with, uh, his contact at our, at, uh, our contact at his consulting company. And he said he was just like gushing about the opportunity. So that felt really good to get him involved. You know, we try to get him getting him involved in everything we're doing from all of our meetings. Cause the last thing I want is for him to feel like a second class citizen because he is a contract employee. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really important. We tell all our clients that, you know, just, Hey, this is not, this is just a different way to, to get some talent on your team that you couldn't find in another channel and that you ought to treat, you know, treat them just like you treat every employee and don't hold them at a distance and, don't imagine that you need to segment off work. You know, these are professionals and they, they know how to join into a team remotely and you can probably learn a bunch of things from them because they have more experience in it than you do. Yeah, no, it's, it's been great so far. You know, he came in hitting the ground running and that's the great part about hiring a consultant is there's no ramp up time. There's no lead up time. There's no pipeline building. There's no, I mean, there's an interview, but much different situation than a, a full onsite um, a lot of times and they're used to this workflow so they know how to they're motivated they know how to get up and running really quickly so it's been great um, your second question um, can you repeat that real quick I <laughs> yeah we, yeah absolutely you know just what when we talk about hiring a senior engineer you know what are the heuristics there like how do you know when you see one and uh, you know, how do you hire for that and interview for that differently? And what are the, you know, what are the expectations? Right. So 
just purely from a technical interview standpoint, a senior engineer, the way we structure our interview problems is so that they're tiered. Um, so we expect that a junior or a fresh grad candidate will be able to do a certain number of things, right? Like a fresh grad, probably algorithmically and computer science wise, pretty strong. Um, not so much on uh, uh, object oriented development, just because that's not really like a highlight of, you'll have maybe one or two classes if you're in college and you'll cover it a little bit if you go to a boot camp, but obviously you're, you're so spread out in that area that um, once you finish the boot camp, you need to really just like find the focus areas to, to pick and like drill in on those so you continue to increase your knowledge. And as, as you move up, you know, we start recognizing that you'll be more familiar with design patterns. Um, you'll be more familiar with object-oriented development. You'll be, you might be less familiar with certain algorithms uh, and, and computer science concepts just because you don't use them as much anymore. Um, but most, mostly you'll have developed a really good sense of problem solving and you'll be able to not only quickly implement solutions from experience, but also you'll know how to look up problems to the problems you want to solve. You'll know how to ask the right questions and you'll start breaking the problem down. Um, so that instead of just diving in and starting to code more senior developers will be like, okay, let's whiteboard this. Let's write this down. Here's what I need. Here's my requirements. Here's sort of like, it's not, it, it may not even be TDD or BDD just because you don't usually have time for that during an interview, but you'll have, some sort of like pre prep steps, right? Where you break the problem down so that you're really able to like, you're able to hit on like the edge cases quickly and you're able to hit on like the gotchas quickly and you don't like code yourself into a corner. So, and that, that usually only comes with experience. Like I think sometimes you can find candidates who can just sort of brute force that stuff with intellect, but seniors just have done, I mean, we've been in the trenches so much. We know what we're doing so much that, you know, you, you recognize these patterns right away. And what do you, what do you do on the soft skills front? I mean, you're obviously going to expect these people to be great team members. They're going to be, right. you know, mentoring team coding, probably have to communicate more on, um, if not, uh, you know, an executive level, like a managerial level, regardless of whether they actually have, you know, people who work for them. Uh, how do you yeah. test that stuff out? So we have a couple stages of our interview. So our first stage is always with the HR um, uh, recruiting rep and they, they test for soft skills during that part of the interview as well as like interest. Then in your phone screen, the first half of it is going to be soft skill related. It's going to be talking to your resume. Um, it's going to be what questions you have about build out. It's going to be how you respond to our culture. Um, you know, our, our, uh, our stated team goals, um, you know, and, and, it, and like our, our benefits and our, our team culture and all those things. Um, and we also try to build some questions in there as well. It's a tight timeline, but we try to build some questions in there as well, just to kind of get to not only the, the, like, can you speak technically to the, um, work that you've done, but also like, who did you work with? Was it cross team functional? Did you mentor anybody? Were you mentored by anybody? Just sort of the normal steps that happen during the life cycle of a project, just to kind of see like, you know, if someone's a senior level candidate and they're like mostly just coding on their own, 
um, and they're not really working with too many other people, then that's obvious. They may not be the right fit for us. Um, same thing goes if, you know, we, we see some flags about like things like negativity or, you know, kind of talking past each other or things like that. Um, then on the onsite, the first thing we do is we have a lunch. You get lunch with us. So you just kind of meet and greet some of the team members. So you don't have to, um, jump right in immediately to being tested on coding. You get a chance to eat and get to know us. And you know, there's a little, I mean, we try not to make that an interview, but that's a little bit of the soft skills. Um, and then, you know, different engineers test different areas of expertise. So it depends on who you're interviewing with, but I always interview and the CT always interviews. And during our problems, we heavily cover pair programming and we heavily cover how well they take advice and we heavily cover um, just a lot of the soft skills that we look for. And we try to build it in to the interview so it's not super obvious that like, tell me about a time that you were challenged so much that you wanted to give up or something like that, right? But we just try to build it into the course of their interview. Um, so if they're just sort of, the candidate is just sort of um, not speaking or not taking suggestions well when we see them going down a path that we've seen before, like that's the wrong direction, you know, those are the sorts of things that sort of key us in. Um, and so far this has been, it's been really successful. Um, we, this, this, I have to say, this may sound bad, but this is the easiest managerial job I've had because we, everyone works so well together that, you know, part of your job as a manager is always conflict resolution. And it just hasn't really been like, just been in some instances of it, but it's really just been like really smooth. And do you trace that back to the, you think the very rigorous hiring to kind of, you know, keep the negativity at the door? Yeah. I think that's a huge component of it. I think it's also sort of the culture of the company as well, where when you come in, like I guess one of the first things I noticed here was that I could, and people have said this as well, like someone who just started recently wrote a long email about this. Um, you can be yourself here there's no masks and there's no like checking who you are, right? Like everyone is, is their authentic self, which is really, it's really, you know, it sounds like a, <laughs> like a plug, but um, it, I find that to be really rare. And I think it's something that's really good about working here. Um, and that's definitely, I'm not taking credit for that in any way, but that's definitely something I really try to highlight to candidates when they come in. Oh, that's fantastic. Did you guys do use any kind of, um, assessments or, you know, sort of cultural or personality work style, any of those types of tools to, um, you know, help balance out the team and the hiring? Uh, no, we haven't looked at any of that yet. Um, that's something that's on our minds about like, obviously this is a never ending refining process. So my first step was to standardize our interview process, um, and to make it easy to provide feedback and make, provide consistent feedback and provide, is unbiased of a feedback as you can get based on the way that I format the questions for each like section of the interview that you're running. Um, next step is to start working on those sorts of things like um, diversity in, in all areas, um, you know, whatever category you want to, you want to talk about. Um, right. And I know that some of those tests you're talking about are some of the things we can use for that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, you know, tons of body of work around it and all different, different choices uh we did a little work on our side with the strengths finder just to you know just look at it and, and just kind of go wow this, this is cool you know we have different strengths on the team and here's where we are the same and here's where we are different and you know we found it to be a useful sort of 
talking point. So yeah, it can be a great no, tool. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah, maybe after this, if you can send me some of that, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Alan, uh, it sounds like you're doing awesome stuff. So congrats to you and the, and the, the build out team. And uh, we're happy to be on the, on your radar and the, doing the same stuff that, that you are. So. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io slash podcast to get in touch and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.